right? Okay, yes. <laughs> Amen. Oh, it's so good to see you today. Ladies, you're beautiful. And I can't wait to celebrate with uh, Terry and Melissa at our home as Ryan and I go out to uh, buy the pizza and chicken nuggets and bring it home for them. <laughs> Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, we're talking about crossing into covenant thinking. And today our subtitle is A Romantic, Passionate God. Moms, I'm going to give you three specific truths in this segment of covenant thinking that if you will understand these truths that we understand and we do all the time, you will begin to see that everything that you're dreaming for, everything that you're believing God for will come together because you honor these truths of covenant. And you look at it and you live it out in your life and what will happen is that God will become so passionate to bless you because you, here's the right word, you honor what he has set apart in covenant with you. So let's remind ourselves a few things before we give you those three. Covenant is an issue that generally we don't know a lot about. Every single thing that God has done in relationship with you, he has done in covenant. Covenant is a permanent action to have relationship. God is passionate. You are his daily delight. That's why he has covenant with you. And in many instances, because of the things that you and I face, the rejection of mankind's and the hurts that we face, we can't imagine this God would love us so much that in every area of your life, He's passionate to help you and to form and to absolutely make in existence the very dreams that he has set in your heart. And I want to talk to you ladies because I want you to understand that God is romantic and he is setting his time to you. He is wanting to have dates with you. He is wanting to spend time with you and, and, and to, to speak sweet everythings to you. Not sweet nothings, everything to you. Hebrews chapter 8 says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, speaking of Jesus, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore to himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the unchangeable immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath 
that by two immutable things, unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. In covenant it has, or we have, found three elements and they are so essential to living and thinking covenant. These three elements that we have been covering, we've covered two, and today we're going to give you the third. You see, the goal of the book of Hebrews, again, is this, is to break us out of old thinking of a slave, of religion, to being a son and a daughter in covenant with the Father, with God, Father God. The first element of the covenant, we found out, is a promise or promises. There are over 700 promises in the Bible from God in this covenant. God said, I am willing to come in relationship with you, and it will be based on who I am. He swore to himself. He made an oath to himself to love you and to care for you and to be there for you. He's a loving God. God says the new covenant is greater because it's based on me. It's not based on your action. It's not based on on who you are or what you have done or how much you have done or how little you have done. It is based upon me, and I'm the covenant keeper. I will never lie. I will always do what I say. So step into your promised land. What is your promised land? God's word. What he has promised you. And they are immutable. They will never change. They will always be there for you. The second element of covenant is a blood sacrifice. Last week, we covered that. Covenant means to cut. And in Matthew 26, verse 28, in speaking of the Lord's Supper, he said, my blood is for the remission of sins. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Remission means forgiveness, absolution, and exoneration. That literally your sins have been removed. They have been removed as far as the east is from the west, and east and west is still getting further apart. After he spoke the existence of east and west, it continues. That's how far your sins are removed. Matter of fact, if you go to God and say, God, don't you remember what I've done in my past? Don't you remember how I failed many times in the same area? He will say, I don't remember. Why? Because you have confessed those sins before the Lord. He doesn't hold that against you at all. He doesn't hold your past. He doesn't hold your present or the future against you as long as you are one that understands in covenant, you press into the promise And one of the promises, if you will confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. So when you recognize the purity of this forgiveness, you will have intimacy with God. The intimacy with God, Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to The Spirit. So in this new covenant, Jesus Christ hung on the cross and he died for our sins. His blood that he shed is so powerful, it is enough to satisfy God's righteousness. 
His blood is so faithful, it is enough to cause a father to forget your sinful past. He can't remember. And the only ones that do remember are you and the devil. God's not mad at you either. He is pressing into you to be intimate with every area of your life. He knows what you're going through. He knows because he's planned your days and he's already planned victory in the situation that you're facing, moms, even with your children. So here it is. You have to have a blood sacrificed and it was Jesus, the Lamb of God, in that sacrifice. The third element that I want to talk to you about is what I, this is my gift to you moms today. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I do have chocolate bars at the conclusion. But this is my gift for you from the Lord. The third element of covenant is a sign. What do I mean by that? Just hang out with me here, and I'm going to give you many examples, and I'm going to show you what a sign is. And when we think of a sign, you know, where there's a sign out in the street, it's much more than that. It's much more intimate than that. It is an action of relationship in these signs. An example of a sign in the Old Testament, God made a covenant with Noah. It was a promise. We know that covenant always has a promise. Anyone remember the promise? I'll never flood the earth again. What was the sign? A rainbow. Church, whenever you see a rainbow, it is an intimate, loving God telling you, I will never lie, and I will take care of you. Another example is God made a covenant with Abraham. Matter of fact, he made many promises to Abraham. One of the promises, a descendants as many as the stars of the sky, he would be able to possess the promised land. You see, moms, you have done so much and many times people don't recognize what you've done. Because it's not that you're doing it in secret, you just do it because you're mom. Because there's an ability for you to touch your home in a specific way. We all have different gifts, but moms, you have the same anointing. The same covenant blessing that God has set apart for you to be. Whether you have a bank account or no bank account, whether you have a house or no house, whether you have a car or no car. It's not based upon any of that. It's based upon God. It's based upon what God did when he made woman. The sign of the Abrahamic covenant, watch this, ladies, was circumcision. The example, speaking of the sign that God made a covenant with Moses, Again, and many promises were given in the covenant of Moses. The sign of the Mosaic covenant was the Sabbath day. You see, 
what Moses, when he said in the law, the Sabbath day, what happened when, when uh, Israel did not honor the Sabbath, they went into captivity for, for over 400, 430 years because they did not satisfy righteousness by the law by not following after the Sabbath. That is a sign of covenant relationship with God when God sets things in line that when we will accomplish these and do these things, God is passionate and he's loving and he's caring. And when he sees you doing these small things that God has asked of us, God overwhelmingly pours things out on you because it is a sign to him that you are committed to this covenant. In my marriage, the ring that I'm wearing on my hand is the sign of the covenant of marriage. It signifies the never-ending circle, which is the continuous love of God. Many of you that have allowed me and I've had the honor of doing your, your wedding vows, I have put that in your wedding vows because it is a covenant. And when you, God sees that, I want to tell you, it's constant. When, when I will leave the house and I forget my ring, I will call Terry, can you bring my ring? Because it is more than just wearing something that is made out of metal. It is something that is assigned to God of a blessing over my marriage. If you don't wear a ring, that's okay. But the reality is, is that's what the ring's all about. And I don't go after things just because the world says to do it. I go after things because it's covenants. And I want the blessings of the Lord to manifest. I spoke on this years ago. And there's one couple that I did their wedding in my office because they had no money. The next, the next week, they came in and said, Pastor, look at our rings. And they were basically Cracker Jack box rings. But it meant so much to them of covenant that it's set in standard in their home. And I want to tell you, I, I, I cannot say, well, you know, God told me this or whatever. After that happened, their job, they got promoted. There were all kinds of things that happened, blessings, and they went out and bought real rings. But God blessed them because it is a sign the things that you do in life, there are specific signs that you do that create an atmosphere in your life that you are a covenant son or daughter of God, that you stand in the midst of the blessings of the Lord. And when you walk, wherever you walk, the anointing of God is there because you are a son and daughter of God. It follows you. It presses after you. We have a romantic God that loves us and chases after us. Amen. And what we must do is recognize the sign. And I'm going to say this terminology, understand it through what I just taught you. The signs of the times. God has planned your days. He's planned your seasons. And ladies, I still haven't given it to you yet, but I'm going to show you three things that God has given us that if we will walk in these things and press into them, that the holy of holies will break out and the blessings of God 
will just overwhelm you because he is a romantic and a loving God. And men, it includes you too. What is a sign of a covenant? What does a sign mean? A sign seals the deal in a covenant. The marriage vows, with this ring I thee wed. With this ring. It just doesn't make sense. With this ring I thee wed. No, I'm marrying you. Male, female. With this ring, covenant talk. I thee wed. So a sign seals the deal. When you put that ring on, it sealed the deal. A sign is a continuing sign of good faith. It's something that reminds you. It's something you do over and over again. It's something that you're always going after. Why? Because it's covenant. It is a sign of this covenant. And when God sees that, it blesses him, it pleases him, and he overwhelms you with abundance in your life. I wear my ring as a sign of my love for my wife. When I look at this, I look at this as that I am married to Terry, or as her family would say, Bridget. This element of covenant is so important to God, a sign. Every single time that God makes covenant, there is the sign of the covenant, old and new covenant. There's always a sign. Every time he makes covenant, there's a sign that we can join together with him. Again, God is very passionate about covenant signs. When you understand this, you understand the Bible better, why the Bible says what it says. What do I mean? When God sees the covenant sign, he becomes romantic and passionate, and he then blesses. When he doesn't see the sign, he doesn't see the covenant, or if the sign is being abused, God becomes angry. Let me give you an example. In Exodus 4, God shows up to deliver Israel out of Egypt. He calls Moses the deliverer. God meets Moses in the burning bush, and Moses accepts God's call as deliverer reluctantly. A little later, the Bible tells us God shows up to Moses about ready to kill Moses. Why? The answer is, the reason is Moses wouldn't circumcise his own son. Because the law and the, and the covenant of the law is eight days old, every male child was to be circumcised as covenant. When God saw that Moses would not bear the covenant sign, he wanted to kill him. So Moses' wife, named Zipporah, took a flint knife and took the foreskin and threw it at Moses and said, you are a bridegroom of blood to me. You know what that means? It means two things. She says, I resent you brought this religion in our home that makes us cut our children like this. Because Zipporah was of another religion. Also, this is your job, Moses. It is not my responsibility. Well, pastor, what does that have to do with me today? Don't marry someone like Zipporah. (laughs) Just kidding. What does that mean? What does that mean 
to us today is this, is that God has set covenant with you out of himself to bless you. And there are three covenant signs of the new covenant. Three covenant signs of the new covenant. Some people say, why are there three? Well, I will give you the answer, because there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When God sees you bearing these signs of the new covenant, intimacy and blessings pour out in your life. A tendency in Christianity, a tendency in our walk in, in a church is, is to get excited about the action of these three and depend on the action instead of what the three are. Does that make sense to you? I'll say it a little bit different. As we get so focused on things that are outgrowths of the three elements, and when we get focused on those, we're not focused on the intimacy and the blessing of the element. So there are many things that we do from the outgrowth of these three. And the reason why at times that the blessings of the Lord does not flow in people's lives is because they're worshiping the outgrowth instead of understanding and, and, and becoming real in relationship with God in covenant in the three elements. So I'm gonna show you the three, ladies. And the reason why I wanted to do this on Mother's Day a little bit different than I normally do on Mother's Day, is because I know that many of you are believing God for some very specific things in your homes. And out of the outgrowth of your growth and discipleship and being such a spiritual woman that you are, the tendencies are look and say, how come I'm not getting the full benefit of what I know is God's promise? And I want to back you up and say, keep doing the outgrowth of the three elements. Keep growing, keep walking, keep doing these things. But in essence, I want you to understand the three so that you will have intimacy with your God and your faith will rise and you will begin to see things greater than you've ever seen before and no longer look at what's wrong. You will begin to see God's promise and see God's dream before you even though your children have grown and have, have left your home. Let me say this before we talk about the three signs. To walk properly in the new covenant, we talked about this last week, you must receive the promises of the new covenant. You must believe in the blood of the new covenant, the shed uh, by Jesus, blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And then, here it is, you must bear the signs of the new covenant. The first sign of the new covenant is the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was the sign of the early church. 
When the Holy Spirit came, it was God's sign. He entered into a new covenant with his people called the church. The church began when the Holy Spirit fell upon his people. Ephesians 1, verse 11 through 14 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also have believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It is a seal. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Whenever we enter into new covenant with Christ, God seals it with his Holy Spirit. Peter talked about this, talking about salvation. Peter and Cornelius' house, before the Jewish people, didn't think it was for the Gentiles, this salvation. But the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and because the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they said, surely this is for them too. Why? Because it was a sign of covenant. But when God sees us respecting the Holy Spirit, not quenching the Holy Spirit with religion or doubt, it's then, it then is a sign to God we are operating in good faith to the covenant and he pours blessings on us. When we begin to come into church and we go into our homes and we begin to recognize Holy Spirit and we talk to him and we listen to him all day long. Paul said, I pray daily. That's what he's talking about. All day long in covenant, recognizing the Holy Spirit in our life, not only for salvation, but the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you come in and you worship, and we begin to praise the Lord, and, and all of a sudden, uh, other signs, the signs of, of tongues and all the different things begin to take place, that we don't look at that as something weird. We begin to understand it is covenant, and God, you are here. Your presence is here. And you can, moms, begin to understand, even though all Hades is breaking loose in your home, if you are recognizing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come in and he will divide the, the truth and the lie and he will begin to move in your home and he will transform your home. If you will believe this and understand this, it's about relationship. God is romantic and he wants to see the sign moving in your life. God becomes very passionate and romantic with us. He gives us power and revelation and comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 10, because when it comes to signs, God is different. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. That is talking about the rejection of God, the rejection of Christ. That's the unpardonable sin, is when you reject the things of God. And that's why in covenant, 
The Bible says that if you, that if you will get saved, your whole household, that atmosphere of God will permeate even though family and friends, people in your home are rejecting God. They cannot reject God because when you begin to have that intimacy with the Holy Spirit, it will break down every demonic force and it will stop everything the enemy is trying to do in your home and you will live a life of victory. Amen. In the early church, two people fell dead. Their names were Ananias and Sapphira. Peter walked up and said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You got quiet. That's not the unpardonable sin. Again, it's the rejection of Christ that you decide not to serve God. That's the only thing that can't be forgiven because you decided not to receive this covenant. But the first sign, the Holy Spirit <laughs> spent every day talking to and listening to the Holy Spirit, respect him, it invokes God's blessing because you honor the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Pastor Dan, what level of discipleship do you teach on the Holy Spirit? Level two. Level one talks about the love of God, and I teach that. Level two is the Holy Spirit. And I want, I want you to recognize is that when you begin to see the sign, the Holy Spirit was a sign to us of the love of God, and he's, he's pressing towards us. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And boom, he gave us the Holy Spirit. When we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside us. The second sign of the new covenant, watch this, is water baptism. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. I'm gonna straighten out some doctrine here regarding water baptism and salvation in a moment. But I want you to just listen very closely. Don't run to religious thinking. If you're doing that right now, I want you to just hear what Scripture's saying. Jesus puts believing and water baptism along with salvation. In Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission is to go out and make disciples, baptizing them. In Colossians chapter 2, follow me now, don't jump over to, to the old thinking. Verse 9 through 12, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete. Everyone say complete. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him, Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him 
through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now watch this. In the old covenant, all males had to be circumcised. In the new covenant, water baptism is New Testament covenant circumcision, Colossians tells us. Jesus did not come to remove the law, but to fulfill it. So listen closely. It's not done by man, but it is done by Jesus Christ. It is the circumcision of the heart. So moms, what we have to do is understand that in the, the signs here, God set apart, number one's the Holy Spirit, number two, water baptism. It means buried with Christ and raised with him. So let me explain the, the matchup between Old Covenant and New Covenant, Old Testament and New Testament. Male circumcision is about two things. It's about hygiene and it's about sensitivity. The explanation of what Colossians tells us is when you go down in baptismal waters, you say, Jesus, I have come to you. It is an outward sign of an inward work. What work? The work of Jesus Christ removing, watch this, removing sin from your life. So when you go down in the waters, by the way, in a couple months we're going to have a water baptism and we want to invite everybody to be part of that. When you go down in those waters, it is a sign of Jesus taking away something from inside of you that caused you to be unclean called sin and insensitive to him. So now, because of being born again, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in you, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, a sign, and that's that relationship of the person of the Holy Spirit. You now get water baptized and it's an outward sign of what Christ did in you. And because it's an outward sign, you, you go down, you die with Christ, but you raise alive with him without sin. And it is a circumcision, a spiritual circumcision, not made with hands, that has removed, watch this, uncleanness out of you, and it has removed insensitivity to God. And so there is an important aspect of water baptism of that you begin to see not just that you're going in the water, you come out, but that you begin to see every day of your life that you have died with Christ and now you are alive with him. And you need to recognize this in your homes, moms, that all the uncleanness, all the junk going on, that God has set it apart because you are born again, because you are relating with the Holy Spirit, and because you have been in water baptism and you understand that truth, no longer uncleanness and insensitivity can manifest in your homes because you understand the truth of covenant. We're talking about covenant thinking. We're not talking about how good you are well, he did this, she did this, and they did. We're talking about covenants. It empowers you to win. 
It empowers you to defeat sin. So let me just ask the question so that I get this religious thinking out of our heads. Can a person be saved without water baptism? Yes. Water baptism does not get you saved. It is an outward sign of an inward work. But it is a covenant sign to the Lord that you literally believe this and you walk in this. And it pleases him and he becomes romantic with you. And he presses into you. The sign causes God to be passionate and romantic and he blesses you. We're going to close now with the third sign. The third sign of Scripture would say it, it's the Lord's Supper or communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, I want you to look at the screen and, and to see what it, what it states. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, it also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Hmm. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. When you are receiving communion, you are constantly reminding yourself of the work of the blood of Jesus Christ and the stripes upon his back. I have no clue why people don't want to go to uh, something like Healing House and to be prayed for. I have no clue why people wouldn't want to be healed. I have no clue. Until I understood what Scripture is, is that they really, when they receive communion, they really don't understand that Jesus Christ is our Savior and our healer. It's not talking about, oh, I'm not perfect and I can't take and I'm not. I've heard people say, you know, I see, see him sit in the, in the seat when we're doing communion. I said, why didn't you receive communion? Well, I just felt like I wasn't worthy enough. Oh, that's not what that's talking about. Because my, my righteousness is as of filthy rags. But with Jesus, if I'm born again, right after I'm born again, you know my statement. If you're a nerd before you're born again, right after it, you're a born again nerd. And you gotta learn you got to learn how to live this life. Transformational change. How does that happen? By respecting the covenant signs, the Holy Spirit. 
water baptism, and communion. I would say, and I'm going to use a terminology because I've studied for days and days on this. I would say that most outreach of your spiritual life comes out of the understanding of the three. Because I haven't proven yet in Scripture that it's all. So I can't say that statement. But I'm looking at this, most every aspect of your spiritual walk is based on the three, these three elements of this covenant, new covenant. Holy Spirit, water baptism, and communion. And when you understand all three, you understand what it is. It gives you an understanding that you're no longer a slave, you are a child of God. It gives you an understanding, therefore there is no condemnation to them that love the Lord. And when you examine yourself in communion, it's not the, the examining of, of if I've done wrong, I've done right. It is all about the work of Jesus Christ. Do you really see it and believe it? Is it something that you practice on a daily life at work, at home, that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life and that he is your healer? Amen. It amazes me when we can, as a church, call for, for prayer. And we call for prayer and, and, and people don't come. And they wonder why they don't come. And, 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 you know, and I'm thinking, why don't they come? It's because of the three elements. There's not a focus on the three. It is a focus on, on the outreach of the three. And we worship those areas. We work on that instead of working on what do these three mean to our lives. And they should, because of the romantic God and compassionate God, they should charge us and encourage us to be a part of things that will enrapture us into this relationship with God regarding those three. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together of the believers. We're, we're brothers and sisters, spiritual brothers and sisters, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're part of the family of God. And to dishonor one another is to dishonor God. To not respect one another is to disrespect God. When we do water baptism, this place should be packed with people just standing in rah-rah like a football game because of the truth of water baptism. We will be announcing the Spanish church will be hosting this on a Friday night. And we're going to see the power of God move in a mighty way. Church, I want you to understand, God is a, a romantic, compassionate God. And he loves you. And just as you honor your mom today with flowers and chicken nuggets I want you to understand that is a sign of love to mom. But greater these spiritual signs of covenant that will cut away forevermore all the stuff that has kept you down and frustrated because now you understand the truth that sets you free. Moms, we are honored 
that you spend a part of our lives today in church with us. I pray a blessing over you as Pastor Terry prayed over you and spoke to your life. But there's an anointing in you as a woman. There's an empowerment in you. I, I, I don't laugh at it, but I just struggle with the world when they talk about empowering women. I struggle with that. Pastor, you're politically, just let it go. The reality, you know why I struggle with that? Because they're fighting for what God already gave it to them. You're fighting for what God already gave you. Well, man doesn't, you're fighting for what God already gave you. If you walk in the spiritual maturity of what God's word says, God will rise you up. He'll promote you. And no man can ever stop you from attaining what God's called you to do. See, that's the difference. If the church would preach the word of God, men and women would be all that God's called them to be. At Valley Community Church, I preach the word of God. And ladies, I want you to rise up. But watch this. When you rise up in the things of the Lord, you know what happens? Bitterness, anger, frustration, unforgiveness is removed. And love and compassion permeates who you are. And you can change your home. You can change where you work, your business. You can change the world. Why? Because God called you into all the world. Hallelujah. Well, I wish I had you 10 more hours, but let's stand. I got to go get the chicken nuggets.